Welcome to the Bacash Podcast. My name is Don. My name is Scott. And here we are. We're talking to you from after a holiday, before oh, a holiday, in between another holiday. Wait, Ezekiel 33. Okay. Oh, okay. I need that because I, when I go back through to edit them, yeah. like if I don't name it right away, I'm like, I wonder which chapter this is. Okay. okay. So, uh, spoiler, we're going to do <laughs> Ezekiel 33. Okay. On to your regularly scheduled banter. Oh, okay. So we're in between, we're leaving a holiday, getting ready to start another holiday. And there's lots of times in, in history and in America where there are holidays in between other holidays. So you get to go ahead and choose which one it is. Yes, I can't wait for Memorial Day. Right. Uh, but is it Thanksgiving? Well, it could be the 4th of July. Right. But who's like, remember, we got listeners outside of America. No one cares about the 4th of July. Ooh, I guess they don't Man, care about Thanksgiving Man, you spent one either. week across the pond and suddenly you're all well, anti-America. Well, I said Thanksgiving, but technically Thanksgiving is, in, is just an American yeah, holiday too. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, That's interesting because like the whole uh, Peppa Pig has made an appearance mm-hmm. um, at our house and is uh, now we have a fan. Wow. And uh, they have a Thanksgiving book that we read. <laughs> But it's British. Oh, interesting. They call yeah. I said Peppa short for pepperoni, but um, because that's her future. Okay. Did anyway. did anyone in your uh, family laugh at that one? Everybody but Callan, who really likes <laughs> pepperoni pig. <laughs> uh, I like that actually. I had a student like okay. We had a gun threat the other day, so most students went home. That's um, so American. <laughs> and uh, when we were in there. Um, it was one of those that like we had like three people per class. So like really it's like, what do you do? And so a couple of the students come in and they go to my big e e-beam smart board type thing. Yeah. And they turn on Peppa Pig. I was like, <laughs> really? Like, what are you even doing? They're like, we're going to watch Peppa Pig today. I was like, no, we're not. And so they're like, we have Amazon Prime. Uh-huh. And they only have like the first two seasons of Peppa Pig. Yeah. So over Thanksgiving, we may or may not have done the 30-day trial of Paramount Plus oh, nice. <laughs> to get the other seasons. <laughs> nice. So if you you know need a password or something, I can probably help you. <laughs> For Peppa Pig? For Peppa Pig. <laughs> oh, I just want to mention I teach high school. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> I, I'm hoping with the gun threat it was. <laughs> Kids are carrying younger. Actually, I see a sword in your box right there. Uh, yeah, it's foam. So my daughter had to make um, their... They have to make like a prop from the stories they read. So she made like a popsicle stick, pop, popsicle stick sword. Oh, nice! I was like, "Are you be allowed to take that into school?" She's like, "I know the SRO." Don't <laughs> let me. I was like, "All right." Wow, you go to a Christian school? They have an SRO? Yeah. Yes, wow. I do. Wow. And uh, he always has candy, and his condition is that you have to come in and talk to him to get a piece. So okay. My daughter, who loves candy, goes in there and talks to him every day. Well, I mean, that's diligent. So she, she's like, yeah, no, the kids even talked to him. Someone just try and go in there and grab candy. I go in there and talk to him. I'm like, that's <laughs> all right. Cool. Wow. Whatever. Okay. <laughs> okay. That's my family. Yeah. That's my family. Well, I mean, if you get candy out of it, then I guess there's nothing wrong with bribery. Well, maybe there's something wrong with bribery, but yeah, it works. <laughs> yeah. That's Is that not weird? When you tell your kids not to talk to strangers and take candy, and, we, yeah, and your, SOR, <laughs> your SRO is like, come get candy from me, kids. So we, in a couple of districts I worked in, we've had some shady SROs. Okay. Um, so I'm still a little bit like, uh. <laughs> one of them had um, uh, a couple of work wives. Yeah. Uh, oh, whoa. And when he got found out, his... Wife, his real wife divorced him. So, and then he uh, ended up uh, marrying one of the two. Wow. So, and then they moved to Florida. Okay. <laughs> so. Okay. Yeah, it was, that's, that's one of them. One of them got busted for confiscating drugs from kids and reselling it. Oh. Um, that was actually the one at my high school oh. uh, growing up. Okay. Well, nice guy. Officer Powell. I mean, uh, makes a... Side hustle. You know, you got to, you know, that, that police story just wasn't enough. <laughs> some people breed kittens and some people sell drugs, you know? Hey. Yeah. Um, right now, there's somebody listening, like, where are these guys hate the cops? I'm like, I'm just <laughs> telling you the stories, man. <laughs> Our SRO is pretty cool. Um, I like them. 
I'm up with the one in the, my daughter's school. Is <laughs> you want some, she was actually complaining that like now he only has candy canes because it's like Christmas. Uh, I'm like, you have free candy, like yeah, but candy canes are good. You know, yeah. we have well, yeah. I don't know. She has braces. Maybe that's oh, why she can't. Okay. Got it. Can't have. I mean, I could see her having them anyway, even though if she's not supposed to. Hmm. Yeah, as long as you don't know about it, it's fair game, right? Yeah, I just pay for the braces. That's right. all. Mm-hmm. As long as they work and. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah. I don't know if Ezekiel had braces, but you can brace yourself for a change in ah! thought process as we go from God's judgment and wrath to restoration, or hold, at least. Hold on. hold on. We've been talking about this for months. Yeah, this is the point. We're getting to the point where. Okay, we're not at the point. We're we're at the we're at the halfway point. We're at the we're at the intermission because it's gonna go from everybody dying to here's the happy news. Right. But this chapter It's the changing point. Like Yeah, but it's like it's like when you still end up with like two inches of snow in April and you're mad because like it snowed in April. That's I, this chapter. I don't wanna spoil it, but but Ezekiel's in a good place right here. Like, he's no longer calling out judgment and wrath, but he now gets to be in more encouragement. Yeah, there is some smackdown in this chapter. A little bit. Yeah. There's, but there's warning also. Right. So not just warning, like, the warning that he gets in the beginning of Ezekiel is different than the warning he gets now. Yeah. Well, um, I'll have to see which one you're talking about. Okay, it's at the very end. Okay, yeah, all right. Okay, yeah. yeah. So, anyway... It's much better than the rest of it. Yeah. So brace yourself for the beginning of better happy news. Brace yourselves with braces. Yes, and no candy canes. $270 a month. Anyway, um, everything's fine. Don't, don't uh, tell me that because Hadessa is going in for her appointment. and Don't go to uh, the G one. Is that where she's going? The G one? Yeah. I don't Who's think so. It? What's the doctor? I don't remember. Um, ask Jill. Okay. Who we go to. Got it. There's a famous one who sponsors every scoreboard in this freaking city. No. Yeah. They wanted nothing short of surgery for my older son. Uh-huh. Um, and they said they weren't even sure if it could do anything. Uh-huh. So we were like, wow, that's really expensive. So we got a second opinion. Mm-hmm. And the second opinion said, hey, we're going to only take the money that the insurance pays and you won't be on the hook for anything past that wait what okay i need some uh now the reason being is because he's he was a little bit far beyond like we waited too long okay essentially and so they can only do so much for him but they were able to help him quite a bit got it um he just got his off he only had to do like seven months i think okay um and they were able to like basically help with a bit of an overbite he had uh some gaps that they were able to close up okay um Abby we're paying, but it's almost half what the other place what? did. There's a reason they're on every high school scoreboard in the city. Okay. Um, but yeah, we can get you the Ashill because I can't remember their name. Yes, please. Okay. Yes, please. <laughs> the only downside is that they only do um, the removals during school hours, and I don't understand why. You know, I can pull her out of school for you know, much yeah, cheaper. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. You have to miss a day? Oh, great. I mean, she's going to have them for like two years. Right. But it's better than... Okay. I'm good with the removal during school hours. Yeah. That's fine with me. All right. So brace yourself like a man. Like a watchman even. So, like a... Yes, so... Like a watch, man. Oh, I'm sorry. I showed my watch. That was... See, I don't tell dad jokes, but he does. Um, Yeah. I mean, he got this one and then the pepperoni pig and... Yes. That's what I mean. Yeah. So you want to read? <laughs> I, tell, I tell cool jokes. All right. Um, 33, um, one through nine. One through okay. nine. Does that sound good? Okay. We got it. Okay. The microphone. All right. All right. <sighs> the word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, speak to your people and say to them, if I bring the sword upon a land and the people of the land take a man from among them and make him their watchman, and if he sees the sword coming upon the land and blows the trumpet and warns the people, then if anyone who hears the sound of the trumpet does not take warning and the sword comes and takes him away, his blood shall be upon his own head. He heard the sound of the trumpet and did not take warning. His blood shall be upon himself. But if he had taken warning, he would have saved his life. But if the watchman sees the sword coming and does not blow the trumpet so that the people are not warned... 
and the sword comes and takes any uh, any one of them. That person is taken away in, in his iniquity, but his blood I will require at the watchman's hand. So you, son of man, I have made a watchman for the house of Israel. Whenever you hear a word from my mouth, you shall give them warning from me. If I say to the wicked, O wicked one, you shall surely die, and you do not speak to warn the wicked to turn away from his way, that wicked person shall die in his iniquity, but his blood I will require at your hand. But if you warn the wicked to turn from his way, and he does not turn away, turn from his way, that person shall die in his iniquity, but you will have delivered your soul. So a couple of things. One, no pressure, Zeke. Um, yep. Just deliver the message. <clears throat> Two, just a little observation. He, I, I'm going to make the statement that Ezekiel is slash was a greater prophet than Jonah. Uh, Jonah got a huge second chance after running away and not wanting to deliver a message. Um, Zeke doesn't get that. Mm-mm. And I think this is conjecture, speculation, nothing that I read. But I think that's because Ezekiel is trusted with more and he's been more obedient and has a past of obedience. Mm. Um, just conjecture. Well, I mean, technically, he was, or Jonah was trying to wait, run away from his, mm-hmm. I mean, the watchman role. Right. That's what um, I'm saying. And yeah. God basically turned him around, gave him a second chance. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ezekiel's Ze- not getting that. No. Second, he's getting a, you either do it or you're guilty. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yep. Well, yeah. Yeah. I'd say those are pretty, well, I guess looking into it, I mean, I guess we're going to kind of sum it up. Um, Ezekiel is kind of tasked with the role of, of warning the people um, and kind of the job of a, a watchman would have been to, you know, warn them uh, of an mm-hmm. oncoming attack. Um, and, you know, if the watchman did not do his job, then the attack would happen and everyone would die. Um, however, if he did his job, then he would warn them and they could choose to go ahead, use that warning and get the heck out of there. Or they could not and then die. Um, and so Ezekiel is now supposed to be the watchman. Um, and technically Yahweh is the, the one that's bringing judgment, the ones that coming, the ones that right. he's trying to warn about. Um, and so Ezekiel has the role now or the job of making sure that he communicates this message of God's judgment, um, and his coming, um, and for them basically to repent, and they can either choose not to or they can choose to. But Ezekiel can keep his mouth shut, and their blood is on his hands just as much. So mm-hmm. um, so it's kind of a big task he's being tasked with. Um, yeah, it's a big job he's being tasked with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you have anything from that? No, I mean, those. that's very true. I, I, my mind just kind of wanders and I can't put these, I can't connect these dots completely. But I think about how Jesus comes with the prophet, priest, and king roles. Mm-hmm. Um, the tri-perspectival. Um, the prophet uh, role being the judgment is coming, uh, which Jesus definitely delivers. Um, but he also delivers the salvation is here prophecy. Um, and then there's like the priestly role where he's kind of the watchman as well, where he, some of those prophetic warnings he gives are also, but if you heed these words, um, you'll be saved, you know? So there's like that, the perfection role. I don't know. Like I said, I can't really connect the dots. I was just kind of like throwing those out there. Probably, probably just wasted our listeners time there. Uh, No, no. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I did. Yeah. Yeah. It's fine. No, I'm just trying to think how to respond. I don't know. No, I was just um, thinking like how uh, connecting it to today, we mm-hmm. have been given uh, a warning. Yeah. Um, and it was a prophetic warning that we should, you know, follow Christ. <laughs> well, I mean, I, th- I think we have the. There's a way to live. I think we have the same calling that Ezekiel has in a way. And I don't want to say that we're we're in that role of a prophet, but at the same time, we still have news 
that needs to be communicated. Yeah. The news of repentance. Um, the news of a the God that loves them. Right. Um, we are called to preach the gospel. And, and I don't think that necessarily means from a sermon pulpit. I mean, most most preaching happens outside of the pulpit. And so what are we supposed to do is we're supposed to spread that good news of, of Christ to everyone. Mm. Um, and if we don't spread that message, then there's going to be a lot of lost people that's going to miss out on that relationship. Um, and is there is there any consequence if we choose to stay at home and just go to our nice little churches every Sunday and say, we love Jesus, we're a Christian? Um, is, there, is, is there any consequence if we just choose to live that way and not, not share that, that message and let people die? Um, I would say yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think we might be have some of that same call on our own lives as Christians where, well, guess what? This is what you are called to do. If, if you have a message to share, mm-hmm. then you better share it. And if you don't, and people die. You're just guilty. That's on you. Like, yeah. um, and so I know that Ezekiel is, is very far removed from Jesus, but at the same time, if you by think time. It, yeah, by time. <laughs> but do we do we have that same warning that Ezekiel had um, being put in the place of watchmen? Mm-hmm. I would say yes, but I, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I would say yes. I mean, if we look at what we're called to do. Um, we're called to spread the gospel, preach the gospel. Um, what'd you look about? Oh, water. Um, and it's part of the like the expected fruit that we're to have as Christians. So, yeah, there's the uh, the obedience factor. We're to be obedient to that. Because mm-hmm. some, I mean, sometimes I struggle. It's like, well, when do you? You don't want to take that. Say, oh, well, this is what he told a prophet. Like. Not a prophet, but so do so some of these go for uh, say for the listener's sake, like a the prophet, the office of the prophet is this make a bunch of people mad is closed. Um, there will not be modern day prophets. The prophets spoke the word of God. <clears throat> that word was recorded and it is canonized in scripture. Um, now. You do you believe in prophetic gifting? I do. I'm a continuationist. I believe that it, you know, it's today. However, if somebody comes into my face and says, "Thus saith the Lord," or if they say, "I am a prophet," um, like God says this down the other, I'm probably not going to listen to you. Um, I'm going to weigh your words and your what you're saying and um, like hold you extremely accountable for that. But I've seen way too many abuses of people saying that they are a prophet. Um, I, once again, I believe you can have a prophetic gift. I believe that you can deliver um, exhortations to the church through the words of the Holy Spirit. Um, and I think there are times when people, quote unquote, get their mail read, um, where God reveals something really big through somebody else. All on board with that. Um, so as... Christians, we have been given a prophetic warning through the scriptures of what we're supposed to do, how we're supposed to live, and that we're supposed to spread the gospel. I'm, I 100% get that. Um, our job is one that's probably maybe a little more priestly, but that doesn't mean that we don't get the prophetic gifting inside of it, um, where we go as priests and tell people about the kingdom and about the good news of what Jesus has done for people. So we're heeding those prophetic words from 600 BC in the year 2020 X. I'm assuming that nobody's going to listen to this in 2030 because podcasts will be replaced with something, right? <laughs> hologram version. Yeah. <clears throat> For a watch. Fast forward to when we have our podcast still going in 2030 <laughs> something, but yeah. We'll be in anyway. cheers. Yeah. Actually, 2030. What? what are you talking about? How oh, yeah, it's not far away, is it? Yeah. I don't know. I just got a splinter. Oh, maybe not. We're cool. Sorry. I'm playing with a paint stick. I'm fidgeting. Mm-hmm. You need a fidget spinner. I do. I do. <laughs> fidget cube. But yeah, sorry. I digress on that. But but I, well, I think one of the things that we can weigh our message and, and even our role as Christians is weigh it off of 
what God spoke to those prophets, and we're not speaking anything new. Mm. We are just speaking a message that has already been communicated. Mm. Um, and I think it's the call that he has called Ezekiel out to do is very applicable to anyone that has a message from God that others need to hear. So, so what about the guy that's sitting on the street corner with the sign saying that y'all going to hell? That's a hard one, isn't it? It is. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would say that he is not speaking the gospel nor truth. Um, well, he's telling everyone. Explain yourself, young man. Well, he's telling everyone they're going to hell. Like, that's not true. I'm not. Well, I hope I'm not going to hell. Um, and so, like, what about the, what about just the ones with like the loud signs, like repent or burn? I would say his message is true, but his delivery is unjesusly. Unjesusly. Uh huh. So that is not how Jesus calls us to share that message. Um, and I think it... I'm just being like John the Baptist. That's true, but Jesus <laughs> kind of changes a couple of things. Um, and I think delivery is part of that, where if we're called to follow Jesus, although his message was still the same his delivery and way of loving others was different. Does that make sense? So what, um, because I was being a jerk, I'll try and clean this up a little bit. No, I'm, again, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking out loud. No, um, we are called to love our neighbor as ourselves, as second only to loving the Lord God with all of our heart, soul, and strength. Um, that is, they're not delivering that message in a loving way. Um, it is not loving to hide the message of Christ from other people. The, it, that's the case, their blood is on our hands. It is also not loving to condemn people in the name of Jesus. You're, you're, uh, so I'm pretty Calvinist. Um, so when I say you're doing more harm than good, I believe that the Holy Spirit will overcome any stupidity that we have and has to, because that's his job, um, is to change the hearts. It's not our job to change somebody's heart. We can't argue somebody into Christianity. We can't yell somebody into Christianity um, or into being a Christian or whatever. So I'm treading, tiptoeing around this a little bit. Um, the Holy Spirit can use whatever he chooses to use, uh, whether it's a boisterous person on the corner or whatever it happens to be. So, um, Yada, yada, yada. Um, but yeah, I don't believe that person's being loving in the fact that they're, I don't believe they're delivering the message in love. I believe they're delivering it almost in a vile sort of manner. Argue with us, bakheshitoutlook.com. I, <laughs> I might push buttons even more here um, because I would actually also argue that many times um, there are, there is aspect of the church as a whole that actually does the exact same thing that that guy standing on this corner does in saying you're all going to hell. Um, because I think many times the church as a whole becomes very judgmental um, in the way that we, we address um, those that disagree with our own ways of thinking. Um, and we become judgmental. And I would say that like when you look at Acts, although they did not cower or change their message, um, it was the church in action that brought people to to Christ. Um, when you saw the church living out in a unified community with each other, um, focused on prayer and, and, and the apostles' teaching and, 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 and really eating and living life together and, and sharing all that they had, it is that along with the, the message or, quote, preaching of the gospel. That well, faith brought, comes by... Faith. What did you say? Faith, Faith comes, comes by. by hearing. Oh yeah, yeah. So, um, <laughs> and so, so with that, you've got the the church that when it's living in action in a loving, caring way, while preaching the gospel, then at that point, you legitimately that's what's going to pe bring people um, to Christ. It's not going to be flashing lights. 
Yeah. Um, and it's not, and it's not going to be, Hey, let's love everybody no matter what. And even if you, but it's also not, you're going to hell and right. this is not the way you're living. Um, we do the flashing lights cause I almost had a seizure at that one church on Easter. Yeah, actually it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but ultimately like, so I think sometimes even the church comes down to that place of, although they're not on the street corner, some of the messages that we as Christians communicate, um, in our, our churches or in our actions, or sometimes even in our words, even if they're not like on the corner, sometimes speak just as much hate as that one guy. Um, and so I think it's and it's important for us to, to quote, be that watchman, to, to go ahead and, and share, you know, that, that message of repentance, but, but at the same time, making sure that we're living it out in a, in a unified body of Christ fashion um, because words are nothing if there's no action and heart behind it. Um, and so I, I think we, I think we can take from at Jesus, we can take from acts and, and, and many of the, the other new Testament books um, and writers and, and, and stories to be able to see, well, okay, this really is how the, the gospel should be presented. Well, let's let's look at it this way also. Like, God has already pronounced the judgment, um, so we can communicate that message. Um, but yeah, like you said, it's there's a lot more to it. There's like a holistic gospel. I, I I'm hesitant to use that term because I'm afraid that it's going to get turned into some new agey newfangled but thankfully we don't have that much influence right. um <laughs> but yeah there's like a holistic gospel there, there the gospel is is multi nah, i don't want to say that man it's so hard to tiptoe around words but yeah yeah it yeah, is because i mean well our world the, the gospel our... is multifaceted it's loving your neighbor and there's a lot that comes through that um through word through deed um so on and so forth so but i see you have a text message no i was <laughs> looking something up at first and then yeah i which pixel is that uh pixel 6a did you see the black friday thing that's no well okay so i got this cheaper because Sarah, i, I could have got it for free if i would have traded my phone in a seven so i got it i could have got even cheaper cheaper but Sarah bought a seven and I got a lot of Google store credit, so I didn't pay a whole lot for oh, it. Oh, nice, nice. Um, and I could have probably got it for free if I could have waited, but we were going to England. No, I, yeah. Um, and so I needed the phone before England, so my store credit came right before I was coming to go to England. This ADD moment brought to you in part by Don's inability to pay attention for anything <laughs> for too long. So Didn't anyway. You guys thought I was going to show for Google. I have an iPhone. Take that. Okay, sorry. <laughs> That's what, I, I was sitting at Black Friday. I was like, Jill, like... What's stopping me from doing this? And then she explained all the like integrations I have, like between my phone. Like it was stupid. I was like, yeah, okay, I'll hold on. You you know though, you just ruined everything because like we hadn't really told them what holiday we had just left, but you really I didn't say what year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I guess in transition. Um, yeah, sorry. Uh, chapter 40 is about 20 years after um, this renewal. So he is still called to be a watchman um, as he was earlier in, in Ezekiel. Um, I think the first five years was, was actually this time of warning and judgment. And so as we look, as we look at God's grace and as we look at his mercy, um, the majority of Ezekiel actually, uh, the majority of Ezekiel is not actually judgment and wrath. Um, the majority is actually focused on restoration, and we're going to see um, as we move forward from 33 that, that we are now entering this time of restoration. And Ezekiel 40 um, is 20 years after this period right here. So we're going to really see where, where things are going to kind of, um, God really does focus more yeah. on the restoration than he does the tearing down. Yeah, and this really is the transitional chapter. But yeah, definitely. And I think that's what we as Christians need to be focused on is restoration more than tearing down. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right. So yeah, um, let's uh, after thinking. Oh, there's not a whole lot in this chapter. Let's get a move on. Yeah, I saw that. All right, ten through twenty. Um, and you, son of man, say to the house of Israel, Thus have you said: Surely your transgressions and your our sins are upon us, and we rot away because of them. How then can we live? Say to them, As I live, declares the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from the way and live. 
and live. Turn back, turn back from your evil ways, for why will you die, O house of Israel? And you, son of man, say to your people, the righteousness of the righteous shall not deliver him when he transgresses. And as for the wickedness of the wicked, he shall not fall by it when he turns from his wickedness. And the righteous shall not be able to live by his righteousness when he sins. Though I say to the righteous that he shall shall surely live, yet if he trusts in his righteousness and does injustice, none of his righteous deeds shall be remembered. But in his injustice that he has done, he shall die. Again, though I say to the wicked, you shall surely die. Yet, if he turns away from his sin and does what is just and right, if the wicked restores the pledge, gives back what he has taken by robbery, and walks in the statutes of life, not doing injustice, he shall surely live, he shall not die. None of the sins that he has committed shall be remembered against him. He, sh- he has done what is just and right, he shall, shall surely live. Yet your people say, the way of the Lord is not just, when it is their own way that is not just. When the righteous turns from his righteousness and does injustice, he shall die for it. And when the wicked turns from his wickedness and does what is just and right, he shall live by this. Yet you say, the way of the Lord is not just, O house of Israel, I will judge each of you according to his ways. Packed. Yes. Packed with stuff. Yes. So the part I actually underlined this just because I really, I really like this. Um, you know, uh, every day we see what appears to be the enemies of God winning in way, shape, or form. I mean, we can go on the big stage and say Vladimir Putin. Um, we can go on the small stage and point at you know local crime levels um now you just gave the year away yeah yeah cincinnati is a mess itself um in uh you know 2022 you probably won't hear this till 23 um (laughs) but nothing will have changed um and like some people point to my fridge is bitter anyway um point to uh imprecatory psalms and uh, wanting to pray for justice and sometimes a violent or swift end to their enemies. And God says, as I live, declares the Lord, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn away and live, turn back, turn back from your evil ways for why will you die, O house of Israel? And we could be sitting there saying like, well, that, those were God's chosen people. That was, you know, they were Jews. They were the ones that he led through the wilderness and so on and so forth. And of course he loves them, blah, blah, blah. But like the wickedness that they were doing was no greater than what we see nowadays. Um, now, if something bad happens to my family, am I going to say, well, may the Lord, you know, bless that person and turn them towards him? No, I'm probably going to be upset. You, you know, like if somebody physically does something to my family, I'm going to possibly be praying for God's judgment to be poured out on them. But that's not the stance I should be having. The reality is I should be praying that that person's heart has changed and that they are brought to Christ. And, and if they've, you know, fallen away, that that they'd be restored. Um, it's, it's a very hard, tough pill to swallow, but it's very much worth meditating on and underlining and praying that I never have to find out how to live this out. Well, the thing is, is this shows God. So like my dad always talks about, he's like, I don't understand the old Testament. He's so mean. And, and, and I've heard like that used so many times, like the God of the old Testament, how, mm-hmm. how can he be so, but like this right here shows God's heart from the very beginning. Like he takes no, what was it? He takes no, um, joy and no like, pleasure, no pleasure. Right. Um, what was the exact verse? I was quickly trying to go through. Uh, um, 11. 11, 11. Yeah, I can't even find Okay. Say them as I, I live, declares the Lord. I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live, turn back, turn. Like, so he, God right here has seen so much wicked, so much evilness. Like Ezekiel is not even the first prophet that has given them this yeah. warning. Like it's over and over and over again. And if I'm truly being honest, I would take pleasure in the death of the wicked. Right, like, right. That's what I'm saying. I, I know. Right? Like, I hear you. Like, and God is still saying, I don't take any pleasure in it. When I think of my own heart and I'm like, oh, yeah, 
take him down. <laughs> yeah, take him down. Can I take him down for you? Like, right? <laughs> I mean, and maybe that just says shows my heart. Maybe it shows my sinfulness. Maybe it shows whatever, but it definitely shows well, God's incredible grace and mercy. And that leads right into the next verse. And you, son of man, say to your people, the righteousness of the righteous shall not deliver him when he transgresses. Um, our righteousness, take him down, God, um, is not a righteousness that can save. Like our righteousness is completely flawed in, in, you know, the whole Isaiah, your righteousness is as filthy rags. I mean, like, and we all know what that means. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's an earlier podcast. Yeah. 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 That's a R rated. Anyway. Um, well, you know, anyway, um, hmm. we know what that means is that we, we can't, like, we don't understand. We don't always get it, but God's righteousness is, full and just, even though our sense of what should be, what we think should be is not always what really should be. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and actually it can be, I, I would, I would argue that this scripture right here brings about hope and mercy, um, and is full of that sort of thing. But at the same time, I think it can be incredibly scary. And what I mean by that is sometimes I wonder if myself or just Christians or believers in general, we get very comfortable in where we think we are. And yet God says that he's going to judge each one of us according to our own actions and or according to our his, his ways. And, and you think through where there is hope sometimes for the wicked here, but there is also some warning to those that think that they're an okay place where, well, great, if you don't repent and you are still doing injustice and you think that you're here, well, guess what? Don't get too secure with where you think you're at. Pay attention because you might not be as safe as you might think you are. Um, where I might be on the street corner preaching repentance but am I one repenting? Um, and when yeah. you get when you get to Revelation, like you get to this picture of those that are witnesses are also those that are in the process of repenting at that same time. Like the message they're pre preaching of repentance means that they're also in that place of repenting. Um, we, we were having kind of a joking argument yesterday, and um, <clears throat> I struck back with, well. I'm in the process of sanctification. <laughs> I'm not sanctified. Yeah. Um, it was good. It was it was a silly argument. I wasn't like seriously using that as my defense. But honestly, that is a really good defense. Yeah. <laughs> it really is. We're we're always in the process, hopefully in the process of sanctification, of repentance, so living a life of repentance. Mm -hmm. Um, and a life of uh, to rip off uh levelist, uh, uh renewal, mm -hmm. uh where we're constantly being renewed by the spirit uh in our lives and turning back to him, yeah. um, which is also, you know, if the wicked restores the pledge, which is in this case, the covenant, um, like all the way back from Deuteronomy, um, restores the pledge, gives back what he has taken by robbery and walks in the statutes of life, not doing injustice. He shall surely live. He shall not die. Um, this, once again, this is referring to the the covenant when when the re, the wicked restores a pledge. So it's not just that if you do enough good things that outweigh your bad things, you go to heaven. It's if you go back to the pledge that, um, in this case, that the Israelites took before entering the promised land, um, you'll be restored. In, in our case, it's if you go back to, um, if you return, repent, teshuva, uh, meaning to turn around and go back towards Christ, you shall experience full life and not die. Amen. Period. Suckers. Mic yeah. drop. Don't drop these mics. We I can't afford say, yeah, I was going to say, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Actually, I saw them on sale again. So we probably could right now, but I'd well, rather let's not. Let's just not. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I'd rather not. <laughs> I'm getting a new roof on my house and stuff in my basement and I'm broke. Yeah. No new mics. All right. Um, 21 through 22. That'd be a whole two verses. All right. 21 through 22. Yeah, I guess I have that marked it off. Or we can go to 29, right? Uh, yeah, it's up to you. What do you think? Yeah. Ah! 
Oh wow, we're still pretty far away. Yeah, that's um, if you wanna. Okay, so twenty-one expedited things through twenty-nine. I didn't think we we're gonna take this long today. I was like, this is gonna be a quick one. Me either, but I talked. Um, <laughs> so twenty-one through twenty-nine. Um, or should I just? Yeah, it was a go. Um, in the twelfth year um, of our exile, in the tenth month of the fifth day of the month, a fugitive from Jerusalem came to me and said. The city has been struck down. Now the hand of the Lord had been upon me the evening before the fugitive came, and he had opened my mouth by the time the man came to me in the morning. So my mouth was opened, and I was no longer mute. The word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, the inhabitants of these waste places in the land of Israel keep saying, Abraham was only one man, yet he got possession of the land, but we are many. The land is surely given to us to possess. Therefore, say to them, Thus says the Lord God, You eat flesh with blood and lift up your eyes to your idols and shed blood. Shall you then possess the land? You rely on the sword, you commit abominations, and each of you defiles his neighbor's wife. Shall you then possess the land? Say this to them, Thus says the Lord God, As I live, surely those who are in the waste places shall fall by the sword, and whoever is in the open field I will give to the beasts um, to be devoured, and those who are in the strongholds and in the caves shall die by pestilence. And I will make the land a desolation, a waste, and her proud might shall come to an end, and the mountains of Israel shall be so desolate that none will pass through. Then they will know that I am the Lord, when I have made the land a desolation and a waste because of all their abominations that they have committed. Okay, well, the other part was happier. <laughs> that's, what I, I was, that's what I'm saying is transition. That's yeah. why I keep saying we're not there yet. We're not yeah. quite to the blessing yet. Um, the reassurance of blessings. Well, at least 21 through 22 is happy um, because Ezekiel is allowed to talk again and allowed to talk freely. Um, so it's been, what, five years or so since like that, yeah. he's been able to, to kind of talk um, on his own. Um, he's still told to be a watchman. He's still told to, to, to say what God wants him to say. Um, but, but he can talk again, um, which, which has to be a good feeling. And it also probably makes him feel good. And this might be bad to think from this perspective, but it kind of justifies his role as a prophet, um, where, um, now it's kind of a love hate relationship where you, you hate to see, um, what has happened. It's kind of been verified that Jerusalem's fell. Mm-hmm. Um, the dude that probably came in and brought the message to him probably looked pretty sickly considering they had just been in a place of siege and then walked a whole long distance to get here and say, Hey, guess what? Jerusalem's no more. And so that must have been hard to hear that the, that the city they was, loved has fallen. Sorry, it was seven and one half years. Okay, seven and one half years. Yeah, I thought it was less than that, but I guess not. Okay. And so now, um, now Ezekiel, they're looking at him going, oh, huh, Ezekiel right. wasn't crazy. <laughs> um, maybe he really is a prophet. Um and and I know that it would be hard if someone, if, you know, I'm, I'm speaking God's message and there's like, but you're not, you're not. And, and God told him from the very beginning, guess what? You're going to go ahead and preach a message and no one's going to believe you. <laughs> well, yeah. Welcome to your job as a preacher. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, you're going to run a church and no one's coming. Uh, so, you know, might that have felt good? Yes. I'm not sure that's, but it still would have good, been probably felt good to get that burden off of you maybe. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, nice. At Check- least you can talk again. Yeah. Checking a note here. One second. Uh, um, yeah, and then it, so he gets the ability to prophesy again. He, he's talking again. No longer mute. Um, however, the basically the the words that he's uh, spitting out here are basically a correction. Um, the people are like, well, if Jerusalem is fallen, what, what happens to us? I thought it was our land. You know, I thought it was given to us. I thought it was promised or whatever. And he's basically got to go in there and say, you didn't understand what it meant to have this. You, you've you you've got to understand that, like, you're keeping the covenant of that started back with Abraham. Uh, and that's that's how you keep the land, not through being just blood related, essentially. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean they were going to take that land and, you know, the people when 23 through 29 were bragging, hey, guess what? We're still alive. We're still here. Right. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we, we get this land and stuff. 
And they even try and use scripture to go ahead and back their thing. You know, Abraham Abraham was only one man, yet he possessed the land. But we are many. Surely the land has been given to us as our possession. Well, I'm not quite sure it works that way. Tell me the reasons why you don't get to keep that land. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And if that didn't scare the poo out of you, then this is going to scare the poo out of you. If you're here, guess what? (laughs) This is what's going to happen to you. You're going to be dead. And and if, if... the the soldiers don't get you and you're standing out all alone thinking you can hide out in the fields well you're gonna be dead yeah the the animals are gonna eat you, <laughs> you, you know and who and wants then, to be eaten by an animal right no one <laughs> so so maybe i should go trying to see bears so bad anyway yeah so anyway so it's it's kind of one of those that yeah they they feel so confident that they got it and it's like well guess what you're still sinning you it, still don't get it and once again, reflecting again on today, a lot of Christians think that they've got it made, that, that, that they've said the prayer and nothing can harm them or whatever. But like there is still that warning that you must live as though Christ is in your heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you must live as though the Holy Spirit is indwelling inside of you. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, the last part? Yeah. Let's right. fit, yeah, we're, we're hitting some time here. So 30 through here. 33. Yep. As for you, son of man, your people who talk together about you by the walls of the doors of the houses say to one another, each to his brother, come and hear what the word is that comes from the Lord. And they come to you as people come and they sit before you as many people and they hear what you say, but they will not do it. For with lustful talk in their mouths, they act. Their heart is set on their grain. And behold, you are to them like one who sings lustful songs with a beautiful voice and plays well on an instrument for they hear what you say, but they will not do it. When this comes and come it will, then they will know that a prophet has been among them. Oops. Excuse me. I hiccup. Um, yeah, they essentially uh, thought it was cute to go see the silly prophet guy. And now the tables have turned. Because <laughs> what's well, also use entertainment to them before. Right. And, and I wonder, is it, is it is it a warning to Ezekiel? Like, um, is it a warning to Ezekiel? Don't become a megachurch pastor. Like, <laughs> um, sorry, sorry, people. Um, no, no, I have a certain um, disdain as well. So. Where, where, oh, oh, you mean the listeners. Yes. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> um, and and I'm, I'm not saying that all people, I'm just saying that like sometimes um, it's not, sometimes we hype the messenger. Um, we hype the church that the messenger speaks at and we raise them to a place higher than it needs to be. And sometimes you see those pastors and not all of them. So I said that last comment sarcastically, like sometimes the pastors buy into that and they lift themselves up in pride. And we saw how like in the past bunch of chapters, how that didn't go well. And so I wonder sometimes if, I wonder if that could be a warning to Ezekiel. Um, basically saying, you know, um, they lift you up and they say, oh, listen to what he has to say. Like he's singing this, what is it? The, the lustful, um, with lustful talk in their mouths, they act their heart or no, no, no. Anyway. Sings lustful songs with yeah, a sing, voice. Yes, yes. Plays so, well on an instrument. Yeah. Like, whoa, listen to the way that he speaks. Listen to what he says. Listen to how he presents it. But the thing is, is they're not going to listen to you. They're not listening to you. Don't let that get to, don't let that get to you. Um, you know, don't, don't let that lift you up higher than it should. Um, yes, you can talk again. Yes, you've been given a, 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 your, a your change of ministry. You've been given that platform. Um, <laughs> but be careful to watch your own heart. Um, yeah, I, I, I see where you're going with it. I mm-hmm. can't help but wonder because he says in 33, <clears throat> When this comes and come at will, they will know that a prophet has been among them. I think that there might also be hesitant to say a gift of humility being given to Ezekiel. Hmm. So yeah, there might be a little bit of a warning there, like, hey, I understand they're gonna like suddenly realize that you're um, you know, somebody that they do want to listen to, that you like you have that entertainment aspect. Um, it, but they felt they could just listen to you without having to do what you said. Um, and you will have a certain amount of influence over mm-hmm. them. Um, and this will happen, I promise you, but they will know that a prophet has been there. Mm-hmm. Like almost like he's, the end sentence really makes me think that he's mm-hmm. like 
somewhat protected from that, hmm. hopefully. Oh, I mean, God knows Ezekiel's heart. Maybe he knows right. the heart that's in him and is like, hey, you could go that way. But in reality, what's going to happen is they're going to really see that your prophecies have all come true hmm. and they were foolish. Right. Okay. Yeah, I see that. Yeah. Take that, suckers. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, this took longer than expected. Not a bad thing. No. Um, I thought it was going to be, I was like, this is going to be a quick one. But I think that we've got, I think we pulled a lot from from this message of Ezekiel 33. And When you know I blab a lot. No, yeah. Unless I don't yeah, know. Yeah, you know. So, uh, but, but I think we're, we're hopefully going to start making that transition into that time of restoration. And when, when you look at the time frame, that what, seven and a half years is what you're saying. And we then move on to, you know, 20 years from, from this point up into mm. chapter 40, he spends the majority of his time on restoration. And, and I wonder that if we allow him to do the same in our own hearts um, now, um, will he spend more time on restoration in our lives than he will on that judgment call? Um, and well, I mean, if we, if we do, we have the promise of eternity. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll face judgment, but we well, get to plead Christ's righteousness. Well, hopefully this part is the restoration sanctification part of it. And then we get sanctified when yeah. we spend eternity. So, all right. Yeah. Bye-bye. Yeah. Well, dang. Oh, just kidding. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's, they already, so, they already pushed up at this point, so no, they don't yeah, care what true. we're saying. Uh, okay, well, thanks no, for listening beyond the bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> See you next right, time. Bye.